We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! Jose is, Jose is, uh, is one of the best players I've played with. Not played. I w- he was my teammate. But I'm going to put it like that. I'm not, you know, I, I consider myself a teammate when, with the players because I want to make sure that, you know, they, they, they see me as a, not as a, as a manager, they, they, someone that they can trust. And uh, just to have him in there, you know, like these two years, I take my cap to him. It's, I'm glad that I get to meet him. I, I, I'm glad that, that I get to, to coach him. And uh, it's, it, it was awesome. He's, I got two, two, three guys in my list. And he's, you know, that's three guys, Jitter, uh, Albert Pujols and Pete Dobrev. His those three guys are class act and tr- a true professional, someone that, that you want to follow. And I, all my respect to him. What a beautiful statement, Miguel Cairo, coach of the Chicago White Sox, showering praise to Pito Abreu on what could be the last day that he wears a White Sox uniform. Sox lose to the Twins, unfortunately. I mean, it is all right, you know, when you're looking at that. 10-1, to 1, they had a good little five-game stretch. If you were looking at their five-game stretch, dating back to the Dylan Cease loss against San Diego, then they pulled off three straight. Lynn, Cueto, Giolito, and then today, Davis Martin getting a 10-1 shellacking. I mean, it's tough, man. Sox finished the season 81-81. and 81. I think what's interesting is, so they were, listen to this. This is going to take a second. 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. 15-15 and 15 in their last 30. 25-25 and 25 in their last 50. 30-30 and 30 in their last 60. 35-35 and 35 in their last 70. 60-60 60 and 60 in their last 20. That's wild. 75 and 75 in their last 150. 80 and 80 in their last 160. 85 and 85 and 95 and 95. Get that out In their last 190. Man, seriously? If, if, if the, like, the most 500 thing you ever, like, if you ever, I don't even think I've ever even seen anything like that Dude, before. That's wild. Like, that feels like some math problem, it's not the, the White Sox. It's epitome record. of mediocrity right there, Sean Sears. That is, man. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Tough game, tough season for the White Sox. Tough. If, if you talk about a telenovela, I know that a lot of guys on the team were Latinos, but damn, that was a telenovela. They were like slapping Tony LaRusso, and he's like, ay, Dios mío. <laughs> They're like, don't come back. And then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm here. I'm hurt. I'm not. I'm here. 130-some lineups. Like It's like, bro, that is, a, that is some drama for your mama right there, the Chicago White Sox, your 2022 Chicago White Sox. Do you think Sean Sears? That, because, because how, how, okay, 
how do you come back next year and play with a chip on your shoulder? Dude, is right? this is this season a chip on your shoulder? Or does this does this season become a chip on your shoulder? Or does this season become one which is so defeating and makes you realize that we are not going to win with this squad? I feel like you got to take this moment and recognize, like, we can't ever do this again. Because I, I think everyone on that roster knows how talented they are. So I feel like it's almost like you got to put it up on so the chip wall. on his shoulder. I, I, I guess you're going to try, right? Yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to m- rally around it because it comes down to like, guys just didn't do their job. Yeah. And that's just it. Because you could you can be defeated after a season like this and be like, damn, I got to do this with the same guys and the same management and the same situation. We already tried this. We thought we were good. We weren't. Or you can come back and be like, like the way they Sox played after they lost to the Oakland A's, and they were like, "Okay, we work. We that was a poor showing. We need to come back and play better than we did." That's what I'm hoping for the Chicago Whites. The Cubs, on the other hand, dominated the Cincinnati Reds today. I didn't think that game was ever going to end. Fifteen to two, Albert Azale gets the win after Adrian Sampson only went two and a third. The score, the, the 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 run fest started early in this one, though. Two outs, two on. Driven in the air to right, toward the line. Long run, Fraley in the corner. That ball's got a chance. Gone! A three-run homer. David Bodie right down the right field line. It carried into the Cub bullpen, and the Cubs lead by a score of three to nothing. Now, that is a great American ballpark home run. <laughs> uh, obviously, the Cubs putting up six more in the sixth inning, four more in the seventh, two more in the eighth to make it 15-2. to two. Uh, Not holding back in this one. 74 wins on the season, 71 last year. Some improvement. Did you think that the Cubs, Cub fan Sean Sears were going to win 74 games? No. No, I really didn't, especially after that first month. I was like, this might be a 100-loss team. That bad? That's I was worried. They did start playing. They did start playing harder in the middle of the season. Yeah, it turned around second half, better ERA. Starters came back. That's they became really what it is. they became a team that was a thorn in the side of some of the upper echelon squads in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I did see that the Cubs had the second best record against teams above five hundred, second to the Mets. That's a pretty impressive stat. Yeah, man, there's a lot of like weird little like stat nuggets for this Cubs team, yeah. you know, like, uh, I don't know. They they just uh, I, I thought the one thing I really did appreciate with them is that Ross and this team was like very like aggressive. They just went for it. They knew yeah. like the odds were against them. So yeah. why not try? And yeah, I love some, that. Yeah, some guys that really and we talked about this leading up to that blow up, so to speak, in the middle of or was supposed to blow up like what was going to happen. And there was tons of conversations about guys. That it wasn't cliche. Guys are going to step up, or guys are going to be given the opportunity to prove themselves. It was it was real speak. People came out and played their hardest, and there were a ton of guys that made a name for themselves at at different spots throughout the season. And so, Cubs fans should be feeling good about what's to come next March in spring training with some of the guys that they have. Scabe Ramirez here on six seventy. The score. Feel free to shoot in the text or call in, man. Like I said, this is a an interactive show, none that uh, we wouldn't have it any any other way here on the score, as we are live and local. I'm going to read some of the tweets, or excuse me, some of the text messages that have been coming in, uh, mainly about the Bears. So this is this is the NFL, man. Why are we laying games? Uh, why are we laying games, kicking field goals? 
Why is it so hard to score touchdowns? First of all, it is hard to score touchdowns. This coaching staff is just like the last one. Disappointing. Yeah, I mean, listen, it does suck to get into that position, but you're just not there yet, right? You're not there yet where you're like, this game doesn't matter. It, the games still matter, so they're still trying to put their best foot forward, but you got to take some shots at the end zone. You can't just do three straight runs in the red zone and then expect, I don't know, your, your running game's good, but you just can't expect that to happen. It's just so hard to do. Uh, from the 847, it says, Jose was right. Poles wants the opportunity to, to draft his own quarterback. Unfortunately, he might be in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. He might not be in the first. He might not do that. Uh, let's see. 312 says, Nikhil Harry was a first-round draft pick by the Patriots last year, not a seventh-rounder. It's not what I said. So they traded for a seventh-rounder. Traded rounder. for a seventh-rounder, yeah. yeah. So they, you're right. I, I, got, I got it. I get it, though. It's radio. You hear sometimes. You're doing a lot of things. You're probably kids crying in the back. Your girl's calling you. You know what I'm saying? You're checking Instagram all at the same time, and you just didn't hear it. Uh, somebody said, Gabe, it's nothing like the Sox. Gabe, we're the, Bear, the Bears were Super Bowl contenders. I think everyone knew that before the season started. You're full of crap. Okay. I don't remember what he's referencing right there, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 you didn't not say the Sox weren't World Series contenders. They just, uh, they do yeah. that. <laughs> 773 says, this is the Bears life. We always either don't have something, never have a stud receiver. And if we get a quarterback worth anything, the rest of the team sucks. This is the ownership's problem, and until they change, I don't think we should expect anything. They're a couple of drafts away from being a contender. By then, we'll be on another quarterback. Starting to believe the Ohio State hex on quarterbacks. Mm. Last one from the 740. Didn't you know we weren't going to be good? No. Did is this your first time listening? I'm the delusional Bears fan on this radio station. How do you think uh Corey Wooten's uh what was it, ten and seven prediction here is looking? Eight, eight, eight or nine or something like that. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. so. I mean, you know. Listen, you know what I did say at the beginning of the season that's going to hold true? We're going to win some. The Bears are going to win some games that they shouldn't and lose some games that they shouldn't. How how many times have I been preaching that? Just training time, man. A whole, the whole summer I've been saying that. The Bears are going to win some games that they shouldn't. San Francisco 49ers. And they're going to lose some games that they shouldn't. New York football giants. And that's, continued, that's going to continue to be the theme and the narrative throughout the entire season. We'll talk more Bears um, as the hour comes continues it's Gabe Ramirez here till nine o'clock on 670 to score but when we come back on the other side we're gonna talk a little bit of the Bulls baby I'm so excited to be talking Bulls basketball I was trying my hardest to stay awake during that Bulls Pelicans game why did it start so damn late yesterday right that's weird right Pelicans look good though Pelicans looked good and I'll tell you what I thought about the Chicago Bulls specifically their bench and where I feel like they're still lacking after some offseason moves and I'll ask Darnell Mayberry what he thinks about this squad and if he's equally as worried as I am. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, live and local on a Wednesday here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's DeRozan from the mid-range. Sure, he was so effective. Last year, he's always been effective, but in particular last season, one of the great, efficient offensive years we've ever seen. His nickname should be Splash. Because every time he shoots that mid-range, geez, makes that neck do just that. It's Gabe Ramirez here on your radios on 670 to score live and local on a Wednesday. And this is my favorite thing to do. I'm on a Bears TV show. I do a Sox podcast. But nobody asked me to talk about my favorite team in the city of Chicago. It's the Chicago Bulls. So I love doing things like this. 
and the chat with me a little bit. Joining me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the Chicago Bulls senior writer at The Athletic. Of course, I'm talking about Darnell Mayberry. Darnell, what up? What's happening, Gabe? How are you tonight? Chilling. I, I love your pinned tweet, sports are a distraction. And I've been meaning to ask you this uh, since the last time we chatted, which is sports are a distraction from what? Real world issues. <laughs> okay. I was hoping you were going in that direction. I didn't know I didn't know what that was going to be about right there, but I was like, I wonder what he's going to say. What is he going to say? You're right. Real world issues. You're absolutely right. And we, we fortunately get to be distracted in, in, in some sense. Uh, but yesterday with the Chicago Bulls game that started at 8.30 instead of 7, like I wanted it to. You know, I, I got to put my kids down, Darnell. So it's like by the time I get here, I'm, I'm sleepy by 8.30, you know? I'm not feeling quite well at that time. But it, it, was, it was fun to watch from the beginning. Uh, fun just because basketball was back in the city of Chicago. And, and what was your first uh, takeaways uh, from not even the whole game, but just, you know, off the jump, that first quarter of action, just watching the Bulls struggle offensively and, and, and kind of be a revolving door on the defensive end. It looked familiar to last season, didn't it? Yeah. Um, the, the, the expectation was without Lonzo Ball, this team coming into this season was going to struggle defensively as they did for the last 42 regular season games and the five postseason games last season. So that's exactly what we saw last night against the Pelicans who were playing without Brandon Ingram. Uh, by the way. So uh, that's an all-star that they were missing from the lineup, and and the Bulls still allowed them to shoot 70% in the first quarter, score 70 points in the first half, and and just get easy bucket after easy bucket. So if that's what we're going to see in these final three preseason games, I don't know why anyone would be optimistic going into the regular season. Oh, man, it's going to be a tough season for sure because as you were watching that first quarter, you're saying to yourself, okay – you know, you know who Vooch is in the paint, and he's going to get you maybe a block a game, maybe two. He's going to have some good moments defensively, but it's about everybody else, right? It's about Zach contributing. It's about Pat Will contributing. It's Io, you know, being an on-the-ball defender and the guys rotating correctly. But I feel like we were just lacking that intensity. And I know it was the first preseason game, but it would be a telltale sign of what is to come. Yeah, and Alex Caruso said that after the game. He, he said he felt like, uh, the team didn't come out with a sense of urgency and they were just kind of going through the motions. And, and that's what was so disappointing. They, they felt like, you know, this was a, an opportunity for them to come out there and, and, and show what they've learned uh, throughout training camp. Uh, and even in the off season, all these different players we've heard about who've come back and added, added weight and added this skill or that skill. And then they come <laughs> out and, and it looks the exact same in terms of the defense. They can't get over ball screens they can't keep the ball in front of them they're letting uh opposing ball handlers just find their way to into the lane and and to to the rim with ease and then they couldn't shoot early on in the game and that that was the thing like this team needs exactly what it what we thought they needed more defenders more length and better shooters definitely better shooters because if there's one thing that was clear and obvious i mean the pelicans were just knocking down threes left and right and you kept on saying to yourself as you're watching the game you can't keep trading twos for threes, and that's exactly what was happening. You know, we were struggling. The Bulls were struggling to just get a bucket, and then on the other side of the floor, splash. You just see them just hitting threes out of nowhere. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, we're talking to Darnell Mayberry, Chicago Bulls senior writer for The Athletic here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Darnell, let me ask you this, because I, I hate even asking this question, but is there a chemistry issue? Uh, with this Chicago Bulls team, and I'm not just talking about, you know, Demar and Zach Levine, right? Because I, I don't think that's an issue, so to so to speak. But I, I feel like with the entire team, like the roster makeup, do you think like them gelling is an issue? Chemistry is an issue. I don't know if it's the word chemistry. Um, you know, that kind of kind of conveys a, a, a it's like a negative connotation almost, where it's like they don't like each other right? Uh, and like have personal issues. And I don't think that's what you're saying. And I, and I don't want it to come off that way. No, uh, I do think from a fit perspective, there are some, some major concerns. You just look at it. Vooch doesn't really fit with DeMar or Zach. Um, you know, they, they both like the ball in their hands. They run pick and rolls uh, DeMar better than Zach, but um, you know, Zach uh, Vooch needs the ball in his hands and has grown accustomed to that throughout his career. So, uh, now he's having to play third option to to, to those two, uh, and at times others like Kobe White, Io DeSumo, when they get it going at times, uh, and so it's just been an adjustment for everyone. Um, Zach's trying to have to, trying to adjust to um, playing without the ball in his hands so much because uh, now he has the best teammates he's ever had. So uh, I just do think that it's uh, a, a collection of guys who were thrown together. Um, quite fast. Uh, I don't know if the, the, the long-term plan uh, was to have all of these guys together, but it all looks better when Lonzo Ball is healthy and on the floor. You touched on it right there at the very end. Lonzo Ball is who makes, and, and you're absolutely right, chemistry wasn't the right word. It was, it was, does this team fit? And without Lonzo Ball, the answer is no. But with, with Lonzo Ball, the answer is yes, because he does such a good job of being that glue guy and taking the pressure away from Zach, DeMar, and Vooch when they're all trying to create their own game, right? So, so when he's not on the floor, they're all trying to find their, their own game, find their shots, find their positionings on the, positions on the floor. But, but with Lonzo there, he can kind of be like, okay, Vooch, here you go. DeMar, here goes a couple shots for you. Zach, you want to take that three from, from three feet behind the three-point line? Here you go. I found you here on a little cut. And, and that's the frustrating part about this team is that, you know, you look at a guy like Lonzo Ball, and you were so happy as a Chicago Bulls fan. Once you saw the first half of the season, for me personally, I was like, damn, this guy's way better than I thought, right? Or at least he was going to contribute to this team in a way that I didn't I didn't realize. And then to see him go, it's like, you know, you, they, they, you take away your favorite toy, so to speak, if you're a child and you're like, wait, this isn't this this isn't fun anymore. I don't have this be- this best asset. Do you feel do you feel that way about Lonzo Ball or do you think this team is just doomed because of the makeup of it well well, two things about Lonzo one he does all of those things that you just mentioned selflessly uh he he doesn't complain about whether he's getting enough touches or enough shots or um you know enough minutes he he does all of those things that you mentioned um with a willingness to make his teammates better um and and for the greater good of the team but then the other thing is his, it's not just 
you know, his, his, his passing and his facilitating. It's also the fact that his, his defense mm. has led to so much offense for this team to where he takes pressure off of them having to score and hunt for points in the half court just with his defensive pressure uh, and letting that lead to transition opportunities, whether he's the one who finishes or gets someone else a bucket. So they're missing so much with him uh, that I agree with you. He exceeded everyone's expectations when he signed here. I mean, every, he was rumored to be here to be coming to Chicago for so long. And then uh, when it finally happened, uh, you, you see the price that they paid for him, uh, which wasn't a ton in the trade, <clears throat> but then uh, the contract, and you're saying this is a lot for a guy who, who still has questions about him, uh, but then you saw how it fit, and, and it just worked really well uh, with DeMar DeRozan and, and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Talking to Darnell Mayberry here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez, of course, talking about our Chicago Bulls yesterday, Defeat, uh, being getting defeated by the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans look good. I mean, Zion looked healthy, bouncing around. Like you said, they were playing without Brandon Ingram. You love C.J. McCollum being a guy that can take some some pressure off of guys like Zion and Brandon, and you know what he can do in the open court. And then, you know, Devontae Graham, you see how he lights up the Bulls always, always. I feel like he's just a, a Chicago Bull killer. Um, do you think that they can finally, you know, squeak their way in? To the, to the Western Conference playoffs? Yeah, that's a 50-win team for sure. Um, I was looking at that that lineup and just all the length that they have uh, with Marshall and Herb Jones and <clears throat> Zion. Brandon Ingram wasn't even in the lineup. So Valanciunas uh, uh, up front. They got um, the young guy, Jackson Hayes, coming off the bench. It's just a lot of talent um, and athleticism and length on that on that Pelican squad. So I definitely see them winning 50 games and, and and making the playoffs this season. Yeah, it's tough because when you're watching that squad, you know, you're saying to yourself, <laughs> that's, that's where you think the Bulls should be in their progression, right? Finishing sixth last year, and you look, you're saying to yourself, they, they, you know, you want them to be at least a seed or two better to get to that four spot, you know. But, you, but, but again, when you're going up against teams like the Pelicans and you're saying – all right, well, where do you fit in the landscape of the NBA? Where do you fit on that NBA bell curve? Are you in the middle trying to fight for that last playoff spot in the play-in tournament, or are you sitting above that place? And and the same questions that you can ask about the Pelicans, you can ask about the Bulls, so that will. Do you see the Bulls being in that play-in tournament scenario? Do you see them in where they were last year in the sixth spot? Do you see them going up, or do you, or do you feel like the ESPN projections that they're going to be out and sitting at 12? Yeah, that's a excuse me. That's a don't break my heart. Because, don't break my heart, Darnell. When you say your answer, uh, I, I don't. To, to say that they're not going to be in the play-in means that they're going to be at least as good or better than they were last year. And I don't think that we can say that they're better than they were last year. Mm. They, I think, on paper they are, but um, when you look at it and you're comparing it as you are to the to the rest of the conference and asking where they're going to finish, other teams got better. Uh, and I don't think they got the Bulls got as uh, – or improved as much as some other teams did. Um, and so that's going to be a, a big question. And then, obviously, the, the top four in the East, um, you know, we all kind of know that those, those teams run the conference right now. Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, 
and you could put either Miami or Brooklyn in there, but either one, that, either way, that's five already. And yeah. so the Bulls are battling so many other teams uh, just to get into the top five. Um, uh, so, so I, I think it's going to be tough for them. They could surprise, though. I think they got a lot of dogs on this team who are surrounded. Um, surrounded they surrounded Zach Levine and Bucevic and DeRozan with. So, um, if those guys can step up, the Patrick Williams, the Io Desumus, the Kobe Whites, Dalen Terry's, Javante Greens, if those guys can all improve, their, raise their level of, of play, and and contribute. Uh, more than maybe we expect, and I think the Bulls have a shot to to surprise. But unless they get team wide contributions, it's going to be tough to crack that top six again. I think. Let's look at some of the guys that they have surrounded their stars with, and of course, let's just start with Pat Will. I mean, somebody asked me they're like, "Oh, Pat Will this season," and I'm like, "No, no, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that narrative. I'm tired of me wishing on a star." Like I'm Rolls Royce, uh, and, and 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 wanting somebody to come in and be the savior, and I feel like that's what people feel about Pat Will, and and I'm I'm past it, Darnell. I, I want to be able to talk about somebody that's already proved it instead of hoping and wishing that that they will. Um, like what what do you think personally is the ceiling for a guy like Pat Will this season, not in the future, but this season? And if he gives you. 12 points and seven, eight rebounds, I think that's okay. Um, it especially depends on how it comes. Uh, just just the, the raw numbers I don't think mean anything, but it, you want it to, to look a certain way, feel a certain way. I actually thought he got off to a good start in the game last night. Uh, you know, made an aggressive two-dribble pull-up that he missed, but uh, took, a, took a, a quick catch-and-shoot three, no hesitation. Uh, he was putting some pressure on the on the defense, and then also uh, supplying some defense on Zion Williamson. Stood him up, turned him turned him over twice mm-hmm. uh, in the first half. So, you know, those were those were all positives that you could take away from that game if you're Patrick Williams and build on. So, um, you know, what the ceiling is, maybe 12 and 8 this season. Nice role player, but anyone and I've written this, Gabe. Anyone who's expecting him to come out and show All Star ability this season while right. being the fourth option. They're kidding themselves. Yeah. And you and you 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 said it a second ago with the aggression of Pat Will, and we've all been wanting to see it. The problem is, you know, like you said, when you're the fourth option, if you if you're not making them buckets, like it's gonna be a, a couple more possessions before you see the ball again, right? And you know, last year where they were saying, Hey, find your game, you know, find find it within the flow of the offense, you know, whether it's putbacks, you know, being aggressive around the rim. This year it's a little different. This year, it's, it's find your shot, you know, instead of find your shot, you know, within the offense, instead of just going and grabbing rebounds and, and putbacks. But you're right. I mean, 12 and 7, geez, that sounds about right. All right, Darnell, that, you, you, left me on a low, you left me on a low note. I, I, yeah, I got to be honest with you on that one. But, but you know what? I'm, we'll I'm see here how for it goes. We'll see okay. how it goes. Here, 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 I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to leave me on a high note. What will Pat Will's highest scoring game of the season be? How many points? Oh, he'll have a 30-pointer. Okay, He'll definitely have a 30-pointer. There we go. The problem is is DeMar, Zach, Boots, those guys will all be (laughs) out of the lineup for rest purposes. Yeah, Yeah. he'll score 30. Problem is the next game he'll score eight, and then that'll be be the problem. All right, Darnell, thanks for hanging out with me. Darnell Mayberry, senior writer. Uh, for the athletic covering the Chicago Bulls. Always love opportunities to talk about the Bulls on the show because you want to know why, Sean? Then I don't have to put a daughter in the bucket.
Oh. And I and I usually have to put a dollar in the bucket when I bring up the Bulls while I'm talking about some other teams here. So hey, man, we're the home of the Bulls now. We get to talk about that a little bit. I know. Here, huh? Now they're now they're here, so it's fine. Bulls next game is against the Denver Nuggets on Friday. That'll be here in the city of Chicago, seven o'clock tip off. And then next Friday, the fourteenth, I'm hosting the Bulls preseason show. Oh, no way. The Bulls, Bulls season preview show, excuse me. I think me. I'm producing that for you. Are you really? Yeah, I think so. It's going to be myself, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Bergamini, who's also my co-host on BetQL's BetQLU on Saturdays. We talk a lot of college football. So that's going to be an interesting show, because especially because they're having me host it. Ooh. And at first I thought that each one of those players were going to be a guest. Like maybe first segment, it's Chuck Swirsky. Second segment, Bill Wennington. Third segment, Alyssa Bergamini. You know, something like that. But we're all doing the show together. I don't know how I fit in on that thing, you know, because they're they're already a team. You know, Chuck already is the the head boss of that whole thing. Bills does a phenomenal job on the color, and Alyssa obviously a sideline reporter. Why? Where do I fit? In? Yeah, I don't know, man. You're like you'd be like a. Uh, what am I like, gonna do? I'm gonna ask Chuck questions. I hey, guess. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Chuck. Chuck, tell us about like what. Chuck, shouldn't you be doing that? Asking me some questions. I'll be the guest. Chuck. You're just going to moderate Chuck, it, man. You, you be the host. I'll be the guest on this. Day. I'll give you my opinion about the Bulls, and you ask me good questions about it. Either way, that's next week, Friday. Make sure you guys are here for that, because that should be a good one. Myself, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Bergamini. I got to get my serious voice on for that one. No games with Bill Wennington and Chuck Swirsky. Some TED Talk to set your yeah. TED Talk voice. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw it to break in my series, because I got to practice. Fair, okay. fair enough? Okay. <clears throat> This is Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Coming up right after this, Twitter time. What sports stories are you missing? We'll tell you right when we come back. Nah, that's too, That's not me. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. It sounded good, though. It sounded good, but, you know, it's not, it's not who I am. All right, on the other side, Twitter time. I will be telling you some of the tweets and some of the happenings in pop culture and in sports. Specifically, we are going to be playing what Aaron Judge had to say about the guy who caught his home run ball. Does he want it back? We'll find out on the other side. Twitter Times next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter Time with Gabe Ramirez. I only know one to know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Chirp, uh, chirp. So, uh, my wife gets on me for being on Twitter a lot, or social media, I should say. But I tell her I'm, I'm prepping for the show. We got a segment called Twitter Time. I got to find all the good stuff that's happening out there in social media land, so that that way you don't have to. So your wives and husbands don't have to yell at you guys. All chirp, right. Chirp. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, before I get into that, something I, that went, I don't want to call it viral, but viral for my own personal social media on Instagram, I put up a video. You can follow me, Chicago underscore Gabe on Instagram. And I put up a, my Insta story how a pack of toilet paper at the grocery store today was $30. What? Like, when I tell you I couldn't believe that it was $30. For some toilet paper. That seems egregious. I just feel like the most I've ever paid is like 15, 16 bucks for like a 12 pack or something like that at Target. So when I saw 30, I was like, the pandemic's over. People aren't hoarding toilet paper anymore. You should have been able to catch up with production by now. The fact 
Anyway, somebody took somebody responded to me and said, Yeah, just buy baby wipes for that price. And as a dad of two kids, and seeing how clean their butts are, like I think to myself, I probably should just just do that. Somebody said, get a bidet. Thirty dollars. Best thing ever. A little weird at first, but fresh every time. <laughs> a little weird but fresh. That's I what said, I love to hear. Hard pass. I'm American. We don't do bidets, and uh, I'm gonna go pass on that. Especially right. with the kids, man. That's a disaster. Dude, it's just like not even worth it. All right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start it off. Your first tweet of the day come from Shams Sharania. Says there was a physical altercation that Warriors practice today that the team has considered disciplinary action towards Draymond Green. Word on the street is he punched Jordan Poole. Ooh. And I can see that where Jordan Poole, yeah. you know, it's like a pretty boy, he's feeling himself, and Draymond Green's like, bro, I don't play that. I don't play that light skin stuff. And then all of a sudden he was like, what? Slap, lap. Slap, 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 Slappity slap. Anyway, it doesn't surprise me. But Draymond Green needs a dose of reality. Take him. You know what his punishment should be? To play for a different team. You no longer get the luxury of playing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You got to go play with the Sacramento Kings. That's what you got to do. Either way, bro. What an a-hole. Shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Uh, This one from Cubs Zone. Wilson Contreras just posted this on Instagram. Quote, to the best fan base in baseball, thank you for all your support, day in and day out. You make Wrigley Fields feel, you make Wrigley Fields special. Heart emoji. Sean Sears, my Cub fan, is that a goodbye post? I mean, it's like basically. You sound so depressed. He's gone, man. Like, it, it, there's no like he may come back in that qualifying it's, offer. It's got to be a, it's got to be a sign and trade though, right? I, I mean, Cubs I don't aren't think just gonna so. let him walk, right? That would be. So I, I, stupid. I think they will. I think he's going to get – he'll get an offer somewhere, I think, just because that offensive pro. I hope it. I, I don't know how signing trades work the same in baseball, but he needs to be on some sort of signing trade. I mean, they could they could sign him to the qualifying offer and trade him, but it's it's not going to happen. Right. Um, That's stupid. <laughs> Next one. Sure, sure. Jose Abreu, this one from The Export. Jose Abreu is one year short of a decade on the south side. Like this, if you want Pito back for 2023, let's get 790 likes for number 79. He's only at 662. <laughs> we'll get him there. We'll get him there. At the underscore export. He has no idea I'm talking about him right now on 670 the score. It's Gabe Ramirez, by the way. Inside of Twitter time. Chirp, chirp. It would be nice if he came back. I want him to come back, too. He doesn't want to play anywhere else. What, 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 what is he going to do? Get the, like, the, the pool holes treatment? What's up, Brady? Brady wants to be here. Just let him, let him be a White Sox. Just give, give, give the team a nice little discount. He could be the manager, man. He'd probably be the best manager that the White Sox would probably find. Chirp, chirp. Uh, this one from Will NS23. says, only two, two Bulls players have ever won MVP. Michael Jordan and Derrick Rose. It's a no-brainer. That was in response to whether or not Derrick Rose's jersey should be retired, which I understand. Long conversation. People could have it. However, if you feel that he sh- his number should not be retired, you and I have nothing to talk about. You are not a Bulls fan, and you should move, be forced to move to Green Bay is what I would say right there. But either way, Derrick Rose, man, I love that. Uh, I just, you know, what, you know what I love about Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose, if you're a Chicagoan and, and have lived here or have grown up here in the last 20 years, he just personifies just grit and hard work and grind as a Chicagoan, like what that looks like. Sometimes you get success. Sometimes you have setbacks. 
But you know what? You still grind, you still work hard, and you still get the fruits of your labor in the form of contracts, money, you know, people loving you, adoration, right? And that's where Derrick Rose is at. And I love that he said that back in the day, his ego got the best of him. And I, and I feel that. I used to be that way. I mean, how, how could you not, though, when you're right. Derrick Rose, right? Especially when you're 20-something. You feel yourself. Especially if you're the MVP of the NBA and, and you, you know, a couple of injuries stop. You feel yourself, and that's understandable. But then life humbles you. And then that's when you can see someone's true colors. Who do they become? Do you become the bitter Betty, the guy who used to have it? Or are you happy and you change your life and you're like, you know what? I love basketball so much. I'm just going to play it no matter what because this is what I love. And that's what Derrick Rose has done. That's why we, I love his ass so much. What are you doing, Dragage? All right. He was, Dragage was terrible yesterday, by the way. All right, next one. Um, sure, sure. This is from TJ Miranda. It says, everyone talking about Wembenyama, but neither of them are better than Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Like, if you've ever played basketball in a Mexican league, which I have, so that's why I'm saying this, dude, they'll have some like five foot two assassins really? from the three point line. Assassins from the three point line. Four foot 11 assassins. It'll be a team, five of them, and they're just totally just smacking threes on you all day long. And you're like, bro, we're all six foot. Why are we winning this game? Because they're smacking. But what they do is they do this over the head toss. Kind of like in soccer from out of bounds, you know? You got to, like, throw it in over your head in soccer. And maybe that's why they do it. Because, you know, Mexicans love, love themselves some soccer. But th- that's their shot, and they be smacking. Really? And that's what Manny Pacquiao has. That's he, some physics there, man. Did yeah. you see this Wembenyana yeah. play, though? What what play? What play? Wembenyana wants it in the post. He wants to go one-on-one. Turns and faces. Trying to get the move. Step back. Wembenyama. Oh, this kid is good. The tanking begins right now for him. I'll just dude, say that. Every team. Like, there's not a player I wouldn't trade for this dude. I mean, everybody wants him. Hopefully he just doesn't have the same fate as Chet Holmgren, the seven-foot skinny guy who broke his leg trying to stop LeBron James. Did you see his teammate's name, though? Ho, you fat? Assault. Curling off the screen, driving baseline. Ho, you fat with a three. Yes, I just said that. That is that man's name. Don't see <laughs> I don't want to tweet from anybody. That's the man. Ho, you fat. Dude, With a three. It's a man's name. I mean, hey, shout out that guy. <laughs> I mean, shout out Ho. Ho, you I don't even want to say. All right, let's go. Last one. Chirp, chirp. This is from Condi Nast. The world's 50 best bars is the official guide to the most outstanding places to drink around the globe, updated each year with an award ceremony. These are the winners. Now, I will say this three of the top 10 bars can be found in Barcelona, Spain. Never been to Barcelona. Love to go. Paradiso. Two Schmucks. And Sips are the three Barcelona bars. Top 50 in the world. Three of them are in Barcelona. That's that's really impressive. Only one out of the top 50 is in the city of Chicago. Sluggers, right? <laughs> hey, buddy, let me get another highlight, eh? Over here. No, it's a place called Kamiko. You ever been there? No, I'm too busy at Sluggers. Dude, come on, dude. You got a girl, man. Take her somewhere nice, bro. Kamiko, right on Lake Street. Just west of, or just east, excuse me, of Halstead. Okay. Kamiko. To check it out. You're never going to go. The drinks are like $19. I'll send you Snapchat. People still use Snapchat? Dude, this guy. This is a young millennial. Anyway, so that was that. Uh, I got no more minutes left. 
You got a few more. Go ahead. Aaron Judge. This is the this is the interesting thing. He did not play today. This from ESPN. Aaron Judge uh, is not in New York's uh, lineup for tonight for the regular or today for the regular season finale. He's currently point zero zero four behind Luis Arise for the AL batting title and a chance to triple crown. That sucks that you're that far away. But you know what? Aaron Judge is a good dude. I love what he said about the guy who caught his sixty second home run. Not yet. I don't know where it's at. So, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that. It'd be it'd be great to get it back, but you know, it's that's a souvenir for a fan. So, you know, they made a great catch out there and you know, they got every right to it. I get it, man. If that were me, I'd say the same thing. I don't care. I don't want to give up no money for that sixty second home run ball. I'm right. straight. I hit it. I saw I saw it. I want no part of that ball. <laughs> Matter of fact, keep that ball away from me. I'm, I'm one of those guys that would have like given the ball back without asking. Oh, for you're something a sucker! Back. You're a sucker! I would have, man. I mean, that's you're a ball. sucker. That's How are you gonna give the ball back for nothing, and then just still living your broke little life in Wrigley? No, I don't know, man. I need. You're talking about Aaron Judge He's about to make half a billion dollars. No, I'll give him the ball back. No, I need Judge. You know what I need? Twenty grand every year for the next ten. Twenty. <laughs> Yeah, at least 20 grand. He got it. He can give it to me. I want it cash. Anyway. It's Gabe Ramirez. About to sign off. You can hang out with me tomorrow, 6 o'clock. I'll be talking to you right before your Thursday night football game. I think the Colts are taking on... The Colts... Well, Jonathan Taylor's not playing. That's the, that's the, that's the only thing you need to focus on tomorrow. Colts and Broncos... Jonathan Taylor now playing. I'll be talking to you guys before then. Then again on Friday, all right? So hang out with me, guys. Enjoy your night. Be safe driving home. Bet MGM tonight is up next. It's Gabe Ramirez, mi gente. Hasta la próxima. Until next time. This is 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.